It's Thursday, January 6th, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. As COVID-19 cases climb across the U.S., President Biden and his administration are preparing Americans to accept the virus as a part of daily life in a break from a year ago when he took office with a pledge to rein in the pandemic and months later said the nation was closer than ever to declaring our independence from a deadly virus. The recalibration of Mr. Biden's message comes as the country braces for another round of disruptions wrought by the pandemic. A growing number of schools temporarily have returned to virtual instruction and many businesses are strained by staffing shortages in both cases due to infections triggered by the highly transmissible Omicron variant. Nearly 1,700 U.S. flights were canceled Wednesday, the 11th straight day of more than 1,000 cancellations, and many states warned that ongoing testing shortages will make it harder to return people to work and school. Some of the administration's efforts, such as new isolation guidelines for people who test positive, have led to fresh uncertainty, and a recent poll found that 55% of Americans disapprove of Mr. Biden's handling of the pandemic. Around the world, dozens of people were killed in Kazakhstan on Thursday as authorities moved against protesters in the Central Asian nation after several days of unrest and an alliance of troops from former Soviet states arrived to support local forces. Russian news agency TASS reported that dozens of attackers were killed as they stormed administrative buildings in the police department in Almaty, Kazakhstan's largest city. They have been eliminated and their identities have been established, said a spokeswoman for the city's police department on state television, Club R24, according to TASS. The state television channel also reported that 12 law enforcement officers were killed and more than 350 injured, according to news agency Interfax. The protests began on Sunday in Kazakhstan's western Majestal region after the government lifted caps on prices for liquefied petroleum gas, the main fuel for cars, causing prices to double. On Wednesday, the Collective Security Treaty Organization, a Russian-led intergovernmental military alliance, announced its troops had been sent to Kazakhstan for a limited time to stabilize and normalize the situation. In other news, technology stocks were poised for further losses at the opening bell after getting clobbered by investors concerned about likely interest rate hikes. Futures for the technology-heavy NASDAQ 100 edged down 0.3% Thursday. Wednesday, the Nasdaq Composite Index posted its biggest daily loss since February, minutes after the Federal Reserve's most recent meeting showed officials eyeing a faster timetable for raising rates. Futures for the broad market S&P 500 slipped 0.2%, while contracts for the Dow Jones Industrial Average edged down less than 0.1%. Global markets followed Wall Street lower. Tech stocks retreated in Europe, Japan, and China. Treasury yields were on track to rise for a fourth consecutive day, reflecting investors' conviction that the fast-spreading Omicron variant won't stop the Fed tightening monetary policy to tame inflation. And Mr. Lawrence N. Brooks, the oldest World War II veteran in the U.S. and believed to be the oldest man in the country, died on Wednesday at the age of 112. His death was announced by the National World War II Museum and confirmed by his daughter. Mr. Brooks, who was born on September 12, 1909, 
was known for his good-natured sense of humor, positivity, and kindness. When asked for his secret to a long life, he often said, serving God and being nice to people. On sunny days, Mr. Brooks was known for sitting on the front porch of the house he shared with his daughter Vanessa in the Central City neighborhood of New Orleans. Neighbors would call out to the local celebrity, wave, and bring him soda and snacks. Mr. Brooks was passionate about the New Orleans Saints football team and his church, St. Luke's Episcopal. Starting with his 105th birthday, the World War II Museum began throwing him annual birthday parties. His favorite part of the celebration was watching the Victory Bells, a trio performing the music of the 1940s. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. These headlines were brought to you today by Podmeo. Start your podcast easily at podmeo.com, the world's number one podcast hosting. Subscribe to this daily morning brief on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.